Welcome, Guardians. You're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. I'm X-Ray, and before we jump into this week's topic, I need to make a quick correction from our part one of the Exotic Armor episode. I spoke in regards to a review we received on iTunes about our reference to God not being a very nice guy during the Old Testament, and since my comments, we've received a ton of feedback, uh, some in favor and, and some against my comments, And but the, but the running theme is that all of you enjoy our show and enjoy our contribution to the community. Uh, the one comment I saw a few times that stuck out was the fact that I didn't skirt around the topic or ignore it completely, which we could have easily done, uh, but that's not something we'll we'll ever do. You know, I want to be as forthcoming as possible with the feedback we receive, good or bad, and our opinions, whether they're liked or not. Um, that said, I will acknowledge that that you know I left out a huge piece of information in regards to the various perceptions of God in the Old Testament, and not even just the Old Testament in in the the Bible in general. The Bible is a huge and amazing literary work. I mean it. It has been translated countless times into almost every language we know. You know, it influences both those of faith and those without. Uh, people will go and read the Bible to back up their argument uh, about why they don't have faith or why they disagree with it. Its ability to be interpreted in multiple ways is unmatched. I mean, these interpretations throughout history have given birth to entirely new religions and, and been the cause for war and, and even worse, a misunderstanding by the members of our community. But it's these interpretations that come into play with my past episode's comments. Either way, not mentioning that the interpretation or perception of God's actions is debatable was a misstep on my part. And for that, I, I'm sorry. I am, however, not sorry that, one, I broached the subject in the first place. I was responding to a comment that was directed at us in a medium to which I had no other way to respond, and coincidentally, the review's gone. I don't know if the person heard me talk about it and took it down or or what, but regardless, irregardless, Gabble always corrects me on that one, so I'm not sure. Um, but I'm also not sorry for my interpretation of God's actions in the Old Testament. You know, for right now, that's that's how I interpret it, and I may be swayed to think of it in a different way, uh, but... I absolutely respect your position as long as you can respect mine. So that said, unless anyone else has any comments, I guess we can get the show started. Gavel? Drop? Sherbet? Hello? Now what? No, cut the music. What? Where is everybody? Welcome, Guardians. It's September 4th and 5th, 2016, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 38, and this week we're on our first of our last two episodes of Exotics. That's that's like saying it's the beginning of the end. It is. Okay. <laughs> this will be the most, <laughs> the most testosterone-filled episode yet as we dive into the gear of the Hunky Titans. Oh. I couldn't say that with a straight face. Wow. 
I didn't write that, by the way. Wow. Who, who did? That, did X-Ray write that? The ghost in our notes right now. Oh, man. Tonight, we're going to take a look at exotic body armor and gloves for Titans, and to do so, we've recruited some special guests. Drop has spoken highly about them on past shows, and they're here with us tonight. These are the two professional Titans, not from Tennessee, but from his clan, Nightfork and Chrono42. It is a five and or seven Titan show. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm your host this week. Uh, this is Gabble Ratchet, uh, or Gabble Hammer. And tonight I am joined by Drop From Above. That's right. Uh, it's because I always run. I love uh, Death From Above is my, one of my favorite Titan perks. So, Also, I changed that because X-Ray had written terrible ones here, so I wrote that instead. <laughs> but only for mine, so sorry. <laughs> We've also got Sherbet Bubble Popper. <laughs> Hi. Wait, isn't that the opposite of what a Titan would do? I'm confused. Yes. I'm okay. not a Titan. Well, well, I am you have sort a of. Titan. Not really. I have, a, I have a Titan. I have a Titan. I was using my Titan a lot, so. Uh. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, so I I yeah. I I pop bubbles. I do occasionally. I also um pop them from the inside with rockets. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I I used to pop them with landfall and then Bungie took that away from me. <laughs> so now I can only pop them with Nova Bomb. Uh, so so X-ray is is not here with us today. Um he's on vacation or something. However, he's he's in our notes in our Google Doc and he's trying to derail me entirely by typing things while I'm looking at the doc. <laughs> so, we don't miss him, and we're, we're not sure if we want him to ever come back. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, there we go. It's <laughs> <laughs> typing. So anyway, oh, yeah, dear. guests. <clears throat> so yes, we have Chrono. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you guys? We're excellent. We're all three of us are recovering from the most ridiculous vault of glass from last night. <laughs> oh man! <sighs> yeah, we can. Yeah. I'll put a link to. It, was it Hidden who recorded yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, what a mess! Oh, did he? Did he record like all of it? He didn't come in till yeah, later. Yeah, he didn't come until later, but. Jeez. It's the glitchiest I've ever done the vault of glass. We just wanted to kill Atheon. It took four hours. <laughs> oh my god! It was insane. I got a Gallarhorn, though, because Gabble Nova bombed the chest before I opened it. That's right. That's my Gallarhorn story. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, cause, because we're doing that, I didn't and it was, uh, I didn't get any of the uh, legacy heavies until after, but then I got a Gallarhorn from that, so I finally got nice. one now. And then afterwards, we ran around blowing stuff up with it. It was great. So that means, wait, that means this week you got the last word and Gallarhorn. I know! All, all my destiny wishes are coming true just before Rise of Iron. Fantastic. It's fantastic. Yep. Ah, so exciting. Even though that was like the worst Vault of Glass I've ever done. And like, kept dying because, you know, it teleports me. It detains me. And then teleports me into the, the time stream. And my detain bubble is not in the time stream. And I die. <laughs> like, and if you're teleported <laughs> in out of a detainment bubble, you can't pick up the relic. Then you slowly get killed, yeah. 
It yeah, was... you just you just get to stand there and say, "Oh, okay, well, bye, guys." You get a chance to wave <laughs> just before you die. I did that several times. <laughs> that was the worst. Ah, but we did it, and we killed a gorgon. We got the card. So yeah, that's my best Atheon <laughs> kill ever. I because he hid right at the end. Like he did. Person. We were just like we were. We're gonna do this, and then as soon as you said, that, I think Gavel, you said that. <laughs> and as soon as you said that, Atheon's like, "I'm gonna stand behind the pillar," yeah. and he walks away. We're like, "What?" No! Chased him down with golden uh, gun. I was not was doing so that again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just like, no, no, he's dying now. We we're killing him now. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was awful, but it was also hilarious. And I was so glad we did it, because it was fun. <laughs> but, oh, man. <laughs> and I got Galahorn, and I'm happy. And I also got Mythoclast oh, again. Yeah, you got a Mythoclast, too. So uh, that was my second, so my boyfriend was not happy with me. He didn't talk to me for a little while, because he doesn't have the Mythoclast. <laughs> I really hope that when they give us the new clan features in Rise of Iron, that one of them is a community chest that you can put stuff into that only your clan members can take out of. So if somebody wanted to borrow a gun or a piece of armor for a while, you could do that. Oh, man, that would be so There'll cool. There'll be a black market once that happens. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Good introduction, Chrono. <laughs> Yeah, thank, thank you, you for telling us all about the Vault of Glass that you were in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> I had to, I had to complain about it. I had to get it out. <laughs> all right, so I think we have, what, we have, we have questions for these guys, right? So, well, you got to introduce the other guy. No, we don't. I thought we were going to go one at a time. So no, the other okay. guy would be Night Fork. Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, it's good. Good. And we've all raided before. Yeah. These are. This is. I, this is a. Look at this. I got three out of my main raid speed team in here. We should just load up a King's Fall right now. We'd be done with it <laughs> before we were way done. before the show's over. <laughs> we could. Yeah. So yeah. So there's. We'll ask the the usual suite of questions here. So I I've spoken about these two gentlemen quite often. Uh, so we'll ask them just for the sake of asking for the show. Uh, class, race, etc. What do you guys, what do you main, what do you play? Chrono, after you. I'll, uh, uh, my first class was Titan. And I chose a very, very ugly Exo for my, my <laughs> first Titan and have regretted it ever since. <laughs> But my second titan uh, is a female uh, Awoken, and she's got a sweet mohawk, so... Nice. Yes, she's now my favorite of my two titans. Tina. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, I haven't named any of my characters. They're all just character. (laughs) Character. Because they have no personality. Oh yeah, we might have names and personalities, but they're not Tina sort of names. (laughs) Well, what are their names? Uh, my main hunter's called Sapphire, because she's all blue and in a workin'. My titan's name is Blaine. And, like David? Uh, yeah. Because he's a no. magician. I was going to say your no. hunter sounds like a stripper. And yeah, I know, it really does. Sapphire sounds like a stripper name, but it makes sense when you see it, because she's just all blue. It makes sense when you see her, because she's naked. Yeah. 
Not entirely naked, just mostly naked. And <laughs> Is she the one that's been liking all my tweets recently? Because that's really annoying. Maybe. And, um, yeah, and my uh, exo warlock is Sarah. <laughs> With a C. Sorry, I'm sorry, looking at how to share his opinion on this as well. And he believes Blaine is a D bag. <laughs> he's waiting. He's, yeah, he's waiting on three. It's it's Sarah with a C. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. How do you, how do you spell it's Sarah with a C? C E R A. Like Michael yeah. Sarah. You like Michael oh, Sarah, but not gosh. after that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I will forever associate that character with Michael Sarah now. Thank you. <laughs> As will everyone else that listens to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to watch X-rays notes all night. I'm not. I'm not prepared to actually speak. <laughs> uh, my uh, experience with Destiny started when Drop got Night Fork uh, into it, and then I got into it as a auxiliary member of the the little clan that we have, and have been playing it ever since. It's the best video game investment I've ever made in a time per expense. Yeah, good good return on investment. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> and my, my favorite piece of lore or exotic is, we're not going to talk about it tonight, but uh, I am a huge fan of the Helm of Saint-14. I'm a, a bubble titan through and through and always love helping the team out while a night fork runs around and murders everything. <laughs> <laughs> And Night Fork, your main classes, and yeah. So I actually uh, started out as a hunter because Drop got me onto this game, and the mention of a golden gun. I'm a big James Bond fan, <laughs> so I just blindly selected a hunter, not knowing any better, and played that for a while. But I then discovered uh, the Titans, and that's really my main uh, class. So I have an Exo Titan. And, uh, yeah, Hunter has been kind of left in the wayside, no offense to to the Hunters, but, yeah, main a Titan, and uh, my experience with Destiny has been great, love it, same thing with Corona, which is just, like, the return on investment's been fantastic, I mean, I know there's a lot of saltiness sometimes with it, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I've had a really good experience with it, I was coming from a, a Halo background that's really kind of... I tend to only play kind of like one game at a time, so I was coming from the Halo world, and uh, yeah, this was kind of the first first one where you're actually I've been building a character, which is a little bit new for me. I kind of come from a fighting games, pure first-person shooter kind of background, so it was interesting kind of building characters. That was a little bit new for me, so it's been fun. Definitely like that. And uh, my favorite piece of armor is by far armamentarium because it gives me more bullets to murder things as Krona mentioned that's kind of I just kill things just point me in the direction of enemies and I just I just shoot them I wish I wish I wish destiny my only complaint about destiny this used to be a halo statistic which is bullets fired I wish they would add that I would use a lot that was always night fork's advice whenever we were playing and I was lagging behind a little bit night fork would say you just need to fire more bullets <laughs> uh, all that info is in the game. It just hasn't, just not surfaced. 
That seems like solid advice, though. True. And that's cool. It, it brings up something that really we've never talked about is sort of like the, the paths we took in gaming to get to Destiny. So that's kind of cool. I was definitely an RPG player first and then discovered Halo. So I got into shooters. And then Destiny was like, hey, you took the two things I like and made it into one thing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I'm, the, so. I'm the same way. Yeah. Played a lot of uh, Chrono Trigger, obviously, from my name, was my favorite game, along with uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, my two probably all-time favorite video games, and then I got into Halo in college, and just kind of followed along uh, into Destiny. Nice. Yeah, and I was the Chrono, and I, Chrono got me into Halo, actually, so that was, <laughs> I blame all of this on Chrono. <laughs> All right, and then just we have done so all the year one stuff, sort of like all our moments of triumph, all our major accomplishments. We all did as a team of three. Uh, we did. I remember the night we did hard mode Crota as a team of three. But we've done all the story missions together, run the Crucible together all the time, done the raids together. So this is this is my our crew. Yeah, like Crota. That was that was. And it took us a while to get that one, but that was that was good. That was satisfying. So, all right. There's. I don't think we have any thanks or announcements. Uh, although X-ray might do something a little bit later. We'll see. He'll definitely find a way to say thank you. I'm sure he will. <laughs> uh, I have one correction from the Hunter Exotics Two episode, which uh, concerns Mask of the Third Man. During the episode, I mentioned that there's a reference there to Sam Fisher's night vision goggles from the Splinter Cell series with the three sort of green lenses or green eyes, and I failed to mention that you will only see those three green eyes on Mask of the Third Man if you are a female character. Uh, if you play a male character, the eyes are blue. So, fun little bit. Uh, I also want to give a thanks to Tiberius from our Slack chat who helped me uh, grab a whole bunch of footage of the Celestial Nighthawk uh, for our Instagram account. We just ran around in the almost pitch black so I could capture some footage of the eyes lighting up uh, during Golden Gun and as he looked down sights, so that was a fun time. So thanks. And with that, I think we might as well just jump right into this, huh? Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. All right, and... It's right here at the top, and it's Night Fork's favorite, Armamentarium. Yes. <laughs> so the Armamentarium, the flavor text reads, For this, there is one remedy. The exotic perk in year one was called Grenade Booster, and it allowed you to carry an additional grenade. The perks on year one, which were unique to Armamentarium, allows you to carry he more heavy weapon ammo and more special weapon ammo. Uh, you can choose between the two. Uh, in year two, the perk name was changed to And Another Thing, but it's still the same thing, have an additional grenade. And in year two, Armamentarium will always roll Discipline, uh, and always roll Carry More Heavy and Carry More Special, and those have become kind of unique now in the game as the generic perk as opposed to Carry More Rocket or Machine Gun Ammo. Uh, so what's in a name? Armamentarium. The literal definition is all of the equipment available for carrying out a task, uh, although it's most commonly used in the medical fields. 
uh, or a collection of resources available for a certain purpose. And in this case, that is <laughs> shooting and throwing grenades. Uh, I've, as I've mentioned before, when I say it will always roll discipline, that is just a way of saying that certain exotics either cannot roll a particular stat naturally. Uh, they can only roll the additional, which will give you plus 10 or plus 15 of that stat, uh, and or will always roll a specific uh, stat, meaning no matter how many times you glass needled an armamentarium, you would always get discipline uh, in one of the two spots. And armamentarium can roll pure discipline, which can give it a a load of it. I believe that tops out at 147, which gives you tier 2 discipline in just one piece of body armor. Uh, the perk symbol is the Grenadier icon. In year 1, the tooltip icon was just the Titan logo. So, from there, there's just uh, <clears throat> the notes we have here. So, armamentarium may not be as fancy as some of the Warlock or Hunter exotics. It is essentially just a tactical vest. Um, but it makes up for it with raw power and practicality. And <laughs> I have a note here for all you lady titans. Uh, it's impossible to not mention grenade boobs because <laughs> that's what this vest gives you. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Everyone's uh, so sad in, at that. <laughs> in your one armamentarium did not accept shaders. It was always green camouflage. So... But in year two, it now takes shaders. So it kind of matches a little bit more. What is this next part? I don't know. Uh, Armamentarium's ammo perks used to stack with other generic ammo perks in year one, like the ones found on raid boots, uh, which provided a massive heavy ammo carry boost, but it was secretly patched out in 1.0.3. So what that means is Armamentarium's carry more heavy perk used to stack with the raid boots carry more heavy ammo perk. Uh, and those were the glorious days in your one week. You'd get like eight Gallarhorn rockets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was awesome. You don't need anything else. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in year one, there was nothing else you needed. That was my primary in year one. <laughs> How many sleeper shots would you get with that? Nap 15? 15? 15? Yeah, or can, 15. You, can you get 15? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> what? Can anything survive 15 sleeper shots? <laughs> Ran Randall. Well, if you're the only one firing sleeper. <laughs> Randall. <laughs> Randall. <laughs> Uh, because Armamentarium packs the generic ammo bonus perk, they do not stack with Field Scout, but they do stack with pretty much everything else, making Armamentarium the only real choice for discerning heavy ammo professionals. Uh, this is that bit back in year one when Thunderlord could carry 180 rounds and you turn Field Scout on and you get 181, or you turn Armamentarium <laughs> on and you get 181. You only got one extra bullet. Nice. Travesty. I know. Versus the extra rocket. This is what made one of the things that made rockets so popular in year one is that you get a f whole extra rocket, which causes way more damage than one extra bullet. Oh, I used that bullet judiciously. <laughs> well, you were the only one in our crew for a long time who had Thunderlord. <laughs> yes. 
Night 4 CAD 3 Galahorns, I think, before. <laughs> That's right. My primary, secondary, and heavy slot. <laughs> the horse. Yeah, man, those are the days where Thunderlord could hit 181 rounds. That was a crazy amount of bullets for... And Thunderlord's magazine was... Field Scout extended the magazine size, too, so you could carry a load of bullets in the magazine before they patched it down. I feel like rockets were still more useful than heavies in kind of that earlier part, though. Just because of the ammo, the ammo difference and the damage difference. In PV, in PVE, yeah. at least. Yeah. And once we get down to the arms and talk about rune wings, then we can get into that yeah. a little bit more, too. Uh, so, in year one, when stacked with the appropriate boots, super good advice, uh, could carry 261 rounds. Uh, Deluvian 10-4X could carry 396. Uh, I believe I also had... I had a heavy machine gun that I got from Future War Cult that I used to use on my Titan that had 100 rounds in the mag and carried like 400 total, like in reserve, and it just sprayed them out. It was the fastest firing machine gun I've ever had in the game. Do I still have it? I do, the culling. <laughs> Too bad you're only landing one out of every 25 bullets. <laughs> Correct. Well, it had to take a knee, so as long as I was crouching, I could hit like four or five. <laughs> As long as you're behind cover. I love yeah. those fast fire machine guns where you're just aiming at the sky at the end of it. <laughs> like the fourth horseman. Exactly. <laughs> you pull the trigger, then you're aiming at the sky. Yeah, there was no aiming that thing. And every bullet did, like, two damage because it was firing so fast. <laughs> but there were a million of them. <laughs> but there were a million of them. Uh, Armamentarium originally did not get pulled into year two when the Taken King was reintroduced in December of 2015, following a tease for it uh, in November. It was a big deal for Titans because at the time the only exotic chest armor available to them was Crest of Alpha Lupi. Ugh. Those were dark times. <laughs> From an offensive standpoint, Armamentarium is pretty much the choice for, for most Titans. I mean, getting the additional grenade when you've got the lightning grenades is just mean bean. <laughs> armamentarium has long been considered one of the most versatile exotics in the game giving titans a host of amazing options when it comes to their loadouts in both pve and pvp so some of the notes here i have a year one eight gallerhorn rockets year two 15 sleeper shots uh, before i believe it was later patched down and fusion rifle ammo no longer counted I think it's, you can still get 12 now though uh, and then in pvp Oh, then also, perks like Ashes to Asset can sync up exceptionally well with Ward of Dawn, so you have two grenades, and then grenade char grenade kills will charge your Ward of Dawn, and then Ward of Dawn immediately recharges your grenades when you use it. It's a nice little feedback loop for Defender Titans. And then in PvP, I have Night Forks loadout right here at the top, the infamous Striker Titan plus Armamentarium plus Lightning Grenades plus Aftermath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's vicious. Yeah, vicious I mean, for PvP, I mean, I'm, I mean, well, Twilight Garrison, which I'm sure you'll talk about if you want to, if you want to evade people in PvP, that's great. If you like engaging people, I prefer, I prefer more, more weaponry. And yeah, those, those lightning grenades at right angles, are, are killer. 
More recently, a variation of the Defender Fun Police build uses armamentarium for double suppression grenades, which is pretty mean. Pretty hilarious. There, oh, those those Fun Police videos are so good. <laughs> they are. You, gotta, you should interview one of those guys. We're going to try. Uh, and though, even though discipline does not affect the recharge rate of the second grenade, perks like Simmering Flames do, which means that Sunbreakers running Armamentarium can get really powerful grenade options, especially when paired with perks like Fleet Fire. And if you're a Sunbreaker Titan, Fleet Fire means any enemy you kill with either a grenade or a solar ability increases your agility, and that stacks, and Simmering Flames is when you have your supercharged, your grenades and melee recharge super fast so you have two super fast recharging grenades plus a melee and then you're getting agility stacks every time you kill something with them create a very fast very destructive solar titan without using your super but the super is so satisfying <laughs> <laughs> and that is armamentarium uh we're going to cover a lot of exotics like this where Titan exotics may not necessarily be fancy, but they're just ridiculously powerful or provide options for loadouts and play styles uh, that are really unique to the way Titans are played. Yeah. I think that's just Titans in general. They may not be fancy, but they're powerful and practical. True yeah. enough. There is... I love... I always run armamentarium on my uh, Sunbreaker. Yeah, there's not nice. a, a great option for Sunbreakers. I, f I fell out of love with Immolation Fists. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 not, they're not the best. Yeah, no, armamentarium is so practical. It just, uh, I mean, I use it on every... On Defender Titan, on Striker, and even on Sunbreaker sometimes. It's just... Uh, it's great in PV, like, with Sleeper, getting three additional Sleeper shots is, I mean, that's huge. That's a ton of damage, a ton of damage. Uh, and they, that's, yeah. that's the one cycle in the War Priest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so having having that and then being able to switch to special ammo, you know, running, like, when we were just running a whole bunch of strikes there, you know, hey, Specialist is on, it's so easy instead of kind of reconfiguring all of your gear to, you know, find that one piece of 335 that's shotgun ammo or whatever fusion rifle ammo, it's so easy to get, it's just simple, it's, you know just keep it on love it, and in PvP it's it's great, great for PvP I was running Mayhem Striker Armamentarium with double flashbang grenades and then all I did was flashbang people, it was I'm sure I'm going to get hate mail because of it, but <laughs> I, I never didn't have a flashbang ready. It's so funny. I rarely run into flashbangs when I'm playing PvP, but uh, Drop Slash uses them all the time. <laughs> Swears by them. Well, I'm not, a big, I'm not a big shotgun fan, but sometimes I'm like, I just really want to viscerally fight with a shotgun. So... With Striker's movement speed plus flashbangs, you can basically just flashbang a room, speed in there. First person you see gets shoulder tackled, everybody else eats the end of a shotgun, and they're all too <laughs> blind to do anything about it. So. 
Love, and I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen flashbangs a lot recently in PvP, so I figured maybe I can get away with a few rounds of people not expecting it. It's always really annoying yeah, to get true. hit by one. That's why I use yeah, them. Yeah, I, like, never see them in PvP. It's always a big surprise. flashbang. Yeah. yeah, it was like, I think it happened the other day, I was playing, and I got flashbanged, and I was <laughs> like, wait, why, why are you using, what? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> Although a lot of time I really, when that has happened, I just want to say thank you for not using lightning grenades. <laughs> it's so tough though. I don't understand if you have the option though on that perk tree. Come on, you gotta pick the lightning grenades. They're just like right there. You know you want to. Well, like in a control match, I'll always go lightning grenades. But in Mayhem Clash, I just feel like the flashbangs are so aggravating. <laughs> I, that's true. So is in The lightning grenades are really the the, in my opinion, at least, the best grenade in the game. I mean, the the nothing manacles grenades from year one on the Warlock were devastating because they would track you across the map. <laughs> <laughs> they were a little but broken. Out, outside of those, I mean, the lightning grenades being able to use them and throw them around a corner or kind of clear out a room, uh, like Nightfork saying on those right angles, is is just devastating. All Titan Striker Titans are geometry masters between death from above, lightning grenades. <laughs> they, they know. Well, that's why I play as a defender because <laughs> usually that lightning grenades be right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that that's my own lightning. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, yes, nothing like playing with Chrono on Arc Burn when he's a striker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, speaking of unique uh, tactical options for strikers, let's talk about the most unique, probably, body armor, I think, maybe in the whole game. <clears throat> and that is Twilight Garrison. The flavor text here reads, One day the last city will be known as the first city. Uh, the Year 2 exotic perk, this is only available in Year 2, is tactical air support. On Xbox, you double-tap B. On PlayStation, you double-tap O, while Airborne, to evade. Uh, it carries more special ammo or more heavy ammo, and Twilight Garrison can roll any stat and perk combination uh, available to body armors. It is the only exotic body armor for any class in the game that has this ability. Uh, the perk symbol... Is looks like a vertical version of the strafe thruster icon found on sparrows, which makes total sense because that's what this armor does. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that when I put that in there. <laughs> yeah, because I, I posted it. I was like, has anyone seen this before? It's like slightly familiar. Well, I stumbled across it. Uh, we'll talk about this in the notes. I stumbled across that in a weird way when I was looking up sparrows for another part of the garrison. And I was like, wait a minute, I've seen that, the strafe symbol before. Oh, it's the it's tactical air support. Nice. Nice. <clears throat> All right, we might as well go right into the notes uh, because we're, that will cover the name here and then some of this flavor text. Uh, I'm going to skip this first note because it's more about the thing itself. Okay, it's currently unconfirmed what the Twilight Garrison is, but it's commonly believed to be an order of titans, uh, possibly related to Twilight Gap. A garrison is troops stationed in a fortress or town to defend it, which is pretty much exactly what titans are when it comes to the tower and the first city. 
uh, along those same lines, when walking, sprinting, or airborne, what appear to be turret lights deploy from the garrison, suggesting that the Twilight Garrison may be a tower peacekeeping force. Uh, when you walk, they only sort of stick out, and then when you sprint or jump, they start to flash uh, red and blue. They're like the uh, the wigwags on a police car. Uh, and then now we have this... We'll go about the the build here a bit. I did a lot of research on Garrison because I was wanted to find out where all these symbols were. And I ended up uncovering a lot of concept art from them and a lot of different variations on the armor itself that didn't all make it into the game. It sometimes aren't always available if you're viewing it via the the armory on bungie.net or if you're looking at it in the game. But as I go down this list, it's important to remember the first thing I'm going to talk about here is Joseph Cross. Uh, he's a concept artist at Bungie, and he's got to be one of the best ones they have because you cannot play this game and not see his work. Uh, he has he designed exotics like the Celestial Nighthawk and Heart of the Praxic Fire. He designed nearly all the Sparrow Racing League stuff, all the logos, the icons. He designed a bunch of the Sparrows. The racing suits, he designed all those. He designed Truth. He does concept art for both Suros and Amalon weapons. He designed all the achievement icons. Um, when you talk to a vendor and you see their logo in the corner... Uh, he designed all those as well. So he's pretty amazing. I'm going to link his portfolio in the show notes, but his work on Destiny has been unbelievable, and it really seems the deeper I dig that the Twilight Garrison is its a very signature Joseph Cross piece. <clears throat> so that, with that in mind, some of these things should make a little bit more sense. So the symbol on the front of the Twilight Garrison can be found all over the tower and is generally believed to be part of the forces of the city, which is sort of a hidden faction. Uh, it is most commonly seen on the banners hanging on the vaults where you store your gear and on every kiosk in the tower and on a lot of the kiosks, uh, both in the UI and if you open the kiosk, you'll also see the symbol. I think the only place it doesn't appear is for quests that you are trying to pick back up. But pretty much every other kiosk has this logo on it. Uh, is that the, uh, that's the dots in the sort of hexagon, whatever. So the right? dots in the hexagon is forces of the city. Yeah, because that's on all the mats in front of the vault. Yes. It's on the patrol flags. It's on the side of the... It's on the ships the... that deliver stuff to the tower, I think. Yep. It's on everything. And Once you notice it, you never un unnotice it from like everything you see. <laughs> uh, this symbol also bears resemblance to the pattern on the radar screen that's found behind or next to Amanda Holiday. You can also see that uh, where all the Vanguard hang out in their little area. A lot of the computer screens have this sort of swirly design on it that looks a lot like the front of the garrison. Those interfaces, those radar interfaces, were also designed by Joseph. Joseph Cross. <clears throat> the symbol on the back of the garrison, which is those the lines in an arc, uh, can be found on two different SRL sparrows. They're found on the EV39 Lumos and the EV35 Arc Runner. Uh, 
and half of it can be found on the front sides of the Spectar plate and on the knees of the Spectar greaves. Both of those are Titan armor. It also bears uh, similar, it's similar to some of the elements of the Cryptarchy symbol. Uh, Garrison and the symbol were both designed by Joseph Cross. The symbol bears, uh, appears uh, below the Vanguard logo on his design portfolio image, which I will link to, uh, and on his logo symbol work for Destiny. The garrison also has other symbols on it, including a half-eye slash sun. This is not on the final version. It is on the concept art. If you're looking for what this looks like, uh, it is on the gunsmith symbol, uh, and it's similar to the Blessing of the Watcher emblem. It's found in a couple other places, uh, too, but the most prominent one is on the gunsmith logo. And the double downward chevron, which appears on the garrison. This can be found on Suros weapon concept art. It can be found in SRL racing gear, Spectar gear. It's found on the fins of some SRL sparrows. Uh, the momentum defense, which is the the S rank armor, I believe, for SRL, has it right in the front. All this stuff was designed by Joseph Cross. So it seems like this garrison really is a culmination here of a lot of uh, Joseph Cross's sort of design signatures. Uh, there's a red 17 on the front and back of the garrison, uh, but you cannot see it if you view it via the armory. Uh, its meaning is currently unknown. It also has REC4, which can be found on the upper front right and back left side of Twilight Garrison. Again, not visible in the armory, uh, and its meaning is currently unknown. That same REC4 can also be found on the Spectar plate. And that chevron symbol, I think I have a note here, can be found on the Hunter Spectar boots right in the left kneecap or knee pad. So his work is all over the place and it's all over the garrison, which he designed as well. What else is on here? Oh yeah, front of the Spectar body armor. Probably stands for recon or reconnaissance. <clears throat> All right, that's the the major design looks here. This is, this is the Joseph. When I'll link when I link to his stuff, you know, if you have the time, take a look through. You'll recognize a ton of the symbols all over things. Uh, the little arrows he's famous for. Uh, the little Y-shaped things that are all over a lot of the hunter armor, which are the uh, the bounty ro bounty robot icon. He designed all those too, so he's got a lot of repeating. Uh, symbols and stuff in his work. You forgot to mention <laughs> that it's the least uh, slimming piece of body armor ever created. Yes. <laughs> this is the fat titan yeah. armor that matches nothing. The uh, big teal life vest. Well, it's interesting. In his concept art, there's a fully rendered titan model wearing Twilight Garrison that has a full matching Twilight armor set on uh, and a twilight mark that all match the garrison. It's actually pretty cool. It looks really cool when it's all put together as a set, but the way we get it, yeah. Not so much. Yeah. It matches nothing. It makes my titan sad when he wears it. <laughs> it's like wearing a barrel. Yes. It looks like a tree trunk. <laughs> yeah, mine too. I used to wear it all the time on my titan because I just wanted that dodge in the air, but ugh, it looked hideous. Yeah, I, and I had these nice slim plates that were all shiny and blue, and then this great big teal <laughs> barrel. 
I only wear it when uh, on the transept when I am wall hacking in the raid. Other than that, I never put this thing on. Well, it had. I've worn it since they nerfed it. Yeah, once it was, you were able to fly as a titan mm -hmm. for the longest time. That was it made it one of the most unique pieces in the game because you could. I just remember the first time I saw the video of somebody transversing the entire ship puzzle in King's Fall using the sword and Twilight Garrison. It was. Yeah, it's a pretty cool. We'll, I'll link that in the show notes too. That's amazing. So let's talk about that. Uh, the tactical air support perk has an enormous effect on how Titans were played, especially in the Crucible, granting Titans an, uh, an unparalleled level of aer aerial superiority uh, that is unobtainable by any other class. Uh, and if you've never seen the perk in action, when you jump as a Titan, it's basically an aerial shade step that allows you to quickly juke left, right, forward or backward while you're in the air uh, and it's pretty amazing it's led to a huge number of videos that you can find on YouTube or all over the place of crazy maneuvers of like dodging rockets, dodging nova bombs dodging golden guns and <laughs> we've mentioned it in the past briefly with striker titans and their ability to move you know, this piece of armor allows them to sort of juke and completely change their momentum, which gives them so many aerial attack options, it's ridiculous. And the eight-minute solo Crota's End completion. Yes. <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, they can cover huge aerial distances, like the Hellmouth on the moon and the Portico in the King's Fall raid, which is the, the ship-jumping puzzle. Yeah, you can just clear it, you know, there's... Who cares about ships? Just go straight across. <laughs> But sadly, uh, but sadly, uh, patch 2.3.0, this is the patch of sadness. <laughs> this is the same patch that nerfed Shade Step, Trip Mines, Throwing Knives, and a whole bunch of other things that made every hunter very upset. But it also nerfed the garrison. You used to be able to do two aerial dodges, and now you only get one. So that's... Yeah, so yeah. all those cool things we just talked about being able to do, <laughs> you can't do. You can't do them anymore. <laughs> I mean, you can still juke a rocket or a nova yeah, bomb if yeah, you're yeah, good, yeah. but you can't you're not fly gonna... across <laughs> a large area though. <laughs> yeah, I used to use I used Twilight Garrison on my Titan, and I used Shade Step on my Hunter. That was a very sad patch. <laughs> I miss double Shade Step so much. I mean, speaking of which, though, I would always confuse them. I'd be double tapping B on the ground as my titan going, why isn't it working? <laughs> and conversely, I'd be doing the same on my hunter. I'd jump in the air and go, why isn't it working? <laughs> this is the automatic response to everything. M mashing B all the time. It's, fu it's funniest on my hunter, uh, on my titan though, because people will be like, why are you teabagging things? Like, I'm trying to shade step. Shut up. <laughs> just, hold, just hold forward and you'll start titan skating. Yeah, that's true. And then my last note here is, much like the ATS-8 Tarantella, which we talked about on the Hunter episode, the garrison was not immediately available in the game. It was long believed that it had not been added. It was slowly discovered to be a three-of-coins-only exotic engram drop, and that's why it was so rare in the beginning. Although a lot of people believe that, like Tarantella, this was never intended to be in the game. It came about via a glitch and then was added officially afterwards. But yeah, this thing, man, this changed everything for Titans in the Crucible. It was all of a sudden they were impossible to kill. <laughs> It'd juke anything. 
and that is Twilight Garrison. Uh, again, I'll, I'll post some links. I'll post links to, to Joe Cross's work so you can take a look at that and some sweet Garrison videos of people dodging ridiculous things. <laughs> Twilight Garrison is so kind of unique in that sense because Destiny, I mean, whereas a lot of other first-person shooters like Call of Duty and stuff are played, you know, kind of along the ground, forward, backwards, left and right, but Destiny, because of how versatile the jumps are and all the supers it's played a lot kind of vertically too so having twilight garrison really gives titans a, a leg up that once you can learn how to control kind of the area above other characters and i mean that's another reason why sunbreaker became so op in addition to the fact that the hammers were track people uh, so ridiculously but being able to kind of control the the vertical aspect of the game is is very unique now to titans which it doesn't really make sense why titans are in some ways becoming more agile outside of shade step than the supposedly more agile class yeah same thing with the what is it uh the bellicose helmet you know being able to you know lure someone into a hallway and, you know, they're coming at you, then you just hover for five minutes until they come through and shotgun <laughs> them in the head. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, either, you know, garrison or that. And yeah, definitely gives them a nice little leg up in PvP. You see this all the time in PvP still, I feel like, even though they've nerfed it, it's still super useful. Yeah. Yeah, those few glorious weeks when Sunbreaker Titan was unstoppable in the Crucible hammers were so strong and you were invincible when you had hammer of soul up nothing could kill you but it's also interesting how those roles get reversed a little bit where titan becomes really agile and versatile in the air and warlock becomes like a tank with the ram and the mm-hmm. overshield don't get me started on the ram <laughs> we already covered that <laughs> and then hunters just have get sadness they get their golden gun I guess golden gun got buffed but they get their grenades yeah, and their knives game. nerfed. Yeah. And then Acleophage gets oh, no. nerfed. And the then... thing is so useless now. Hunters get no love. There was nice. a sign uh, about that at DestinyCon, so... God hates Hunters. <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Being held up by a warlock, of it's course. True. Of course. Jealous of our boots. <laughs> was it Frabulous? Frabulous. Or Frabulous. Frabulous. Yeah. The Battelle was for the worst. <laughs> so our last our last body armor here for for Titans is Crest of Alpha Lupi. Uh, and we've talked about Crest of Alpha Lupi a lot on the Hunter episode, and a lot of this information is the same. There's some adjustments here made for Titans, like the flavor text is different, and a couple other notes here. So we'll go over this real quick. Crest of Alpha Lupi. Flavor text for Titans reads, Whoever survives our passing does so by our consent. Uh, And we'll go over this real quick because we covered it already. In year one, the perk was Keeper of the Pack. You revive fallen teammates faster and they revive you faster. You also spawn additional orbs for teammates. Uh, With Titans, it rolled with uh, auto rifle ammo and special weapon ammo. In year two, same name, Keeper of the Pack. Slightly different 
uh, text. Revive fallen teammates and be revived faster. Supers generate an extra orb. And for Titans, Crest of Alpha Lupi will always roll with intellect. <laughs> Perk symbol is Keeper of the Pack, same as Light Beyond Nemesis and the Hunter version. Uh, we went over what Alpha Lupi is. I talked about its the its origins, what it is in real life, what it is in Destiny, all this crazy stuff. Uh, I've gotten some really good conversations about it since, especially talking with Kex, uh, who was our guest on the last Hunter episode about Alpha Lupi and everything that ties into it and the Song of the Spheres and all that super deep, crazy stuff. So I'll probably do an episode on that later. Uh, the the front of Alpha Lupi is slightly different for Titans than it is for Hunters. Uh, Titans have a much more, there's a lot more white and pearl color. Uh, and it's got a slightly different logo on the front. All wolves and wings that ended up on Gallarhorn. Uh, one note for Titans, though, is that Crest of Alpha Lupi became quite reviled at the start of year two when it was the only Titan chest exotic available uh, which means that if you were a Titan decrypting body armor engrams in year, at the start of year two, you were pretty much guaranteed to get Crest of Alpha Lupi. Tell me about it. Tell me. I, was, <laughs> I didn't realize this was my own, because I love playing the game, but I don't always keep up to date with everything. I rely on drop for all that stuff. But uh, <laughs> I kept decrypting the, this is my going to be my armamentarium. Here's my armamentarium <laughs> coming to me. And... 38 alpha lupis <laughs> later. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I so remember. Yeah, it was, I remember. it was dark times. Very dark times. I think I have a screenshot somewhere of my my screen just filled up with Night Fork has found Crest of Alpha Lupi. Night Fork has found Crest of Alpha Lupi. Night Fork has found Crest of Alpha Lupi. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> well, yeah, I had farmed. I think it was because I was farming. I had farmed a whole bunch of exotics right before... The release of that, and yeah, it was just, uh, that was brutal. There was a, there was a video uh, around those times of, of that some, some guy made, and he was, he would stand next to Rahul, and every time somebody decrypted a Crest of Afalupi, he would do the Grieve emote. (laughs) 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 It was, it was pretty funny. Appropriate. (laughs) It was like I think Zer was selling a chest armor Ingram that week, yeah. and so he was just he was just enjoying everyone's tears. <laughs> it was rough. It was, yeah, no fun. But that was also that was a tough time also for Titans at the beginning of year two because you didn't have if you were coming off heavy armamentarium use you just didn't have it, and suddenly you had to adapt your playstyle a little bit or find some other exotic to wear. It's highly unfortunate. Armamentarium is so good. Yeah, no, the ammo. I mean, I know I've, I certainly felt a huge difference in the ammo situation. Again, my philosophy is to just, you know, fire as many bullets as possible. <laughs> so, because um, when was the nerf to the machine gun bullets? They, like, nerfed all those machine guns. Oh, yeah, they changed how Field, yeah, field Scout good, yeah. worked. And then they lowered the overall ammunition for yeah. a lot of heavy machine guns. Maybe that was guns. before, but uh, you know that combined with you know not having an, an immediate armamentarium was certainly changed how I played a lot of things, especially in PVE. 
And not having Gallifrey. And yes, <laughs> not having the boomstick. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you want to know more about Crest of Alpha Lupi, uh, check out the our Hunter episode where Hunter exotic body armor, uh, or stay tuned when I do an entire insane episode on Alpha Lupi and then lose my mind, draw it on my walls, and try and get to Shell Beach. Titans aren't interested in a piece of gear that a hunter would wear. <laughs> Are you sure? You sure you don't want my bones of AO? I don't need your sad <laughs> jumps. <laughs> I can fly. <laughs> I totally want to like the crest of Alpha Lupi more. I don't know, for some reason. I don't know if it's the looks of it. Even I mean, I think it looks maybe a hair better on a hunter, but even it still looks good on a titan. And I have a couple that are rolled really nicely, like really high rolls with scout and snipers, which is kind of what I'm normally running. I guess the perks, I mean, obviously for trials or for skirmish, it's, you know, it's wonderful, yeah. but I, I just always want to put it on, but I just can never <laughs> force myself to actually put it on. It's like, but it's one more bubble. That's helpful, right, guys? <laughs> I guess that's, we, when we raid sometimes, we'll pop on Christopher Falupi if we're moving bubbles from the totems into the war priest room. Oh, that's true. the extra orb. That's probably the only time I ever wear it. It's good for that one thing. Yes. <laughs> All right, and that does it. There's only three three body armors for uh, for titans when it comes to exotics. I feel like warlocks lucked out in that department. They got. They have uh, yeah, gloves we... for everything. Warlocks. That's true. And we traded in our boots for chest pieces. <laughs> Let's see. I I guess I haven't. Uh, I only have a warlock and a titan uh, we can kind of go through this as we go further but I feel like a lot of the other classes the exotics are for one very specific thing but a lot of the titan exotics have a little bit more versatile use in them except for peregrine greaves <laughs> yeah. nobody, nobody has good exotic boots all the exotic boots are terrible no hunters have great exotic boots yeah radiant dance machines yeah. <laughs> they look great and they can force other people to dance. <laughs> well, I mean, Bones of Ao are subclass neutral. True. But, but I do see the point that generally more Titan things are subclass friendly than the others, like all subclass friendly. Well, Titans have the, the subclass sort of specific helmets, but not the, yeah, not the other yeah. stuff. Well, there's no backup plans. Oh. True. But then, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about Ruin Wings here in one second. Ruin Wings are amazing for no matter what you're wearing them on. Yeah, I think just, like, not all of them, but, like, the number of exotics that Titans have that are subclass neutral yes. is more than the others, for sure. I wonder if that's because the Titans had such a uh, uh, support-specific subclass where the, other, the others did not uh, when the game launched. I mean... Being a defender is great. It's it's what I prefer to run, but it, it's not as offensive as uh, as any of the other subclasses. And even now, Night Stalker, which I guess would be the closest thing to a support only subclass, even uh, shooting your your arrow is going to inflict damage somehow. I can't throw my bubble at anyone. It's not gonna, <laughs> not gonna do it. That's it's like a hamster ball. You get inside it and roll. Oh, that's man. in Rise of Iron. It's coming. <laughs> 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 yeah, see, a taken a taken captain can throw his bubble at something and it blinds people. 
That'd be can you imagine if you did that'd be awesome. Yeah, if you could wear a Saint awesome. 14 and fling your bu- your blinding bubble at things. No, just like when you move forward it becomes a big hamster ball and it moves with you. <laughs> okay. There's that too. So bad for the animation artist in charge of that. <laughs> but then I'm trying to imagine like doing that and do you have to wait till it runs out before you can get out of it? Like I wanna go through the doorway, but I can't <laughs> Yeah, but you can put on Helm of Saint-14 and just blind everybody. You can just mow over the other team with armor of light, Saint-14, and a blind bubble that followed you everywhere. Can you shotgun while you're in it? <laughs> yes. You could just roll on top of the other team's camping snipers and blind them and shotgun them. Uh, make it happen, Bungie. <laughs> <laughs> We could just use those flashbangs we talked about earlier. I guess so. But you'd be invincible inside the bubble. Everything would bounce off. This is true. Come into the thumb. But you couldn't go in and out. If somebody gets in the bubble and hurts you, you can't exit the bubble and re-enter in order to regen your shield. But who could hurt you? Just run armor of light instead of blessings. You'd be indestructible in there. And then use uh, Immobius. You'd never... Until someone Nova bombs you and you die. (laughs) True. (laughs) There's that. Everything has to have a drawback. Just throw your suppressor and let it bounce around the inside. <laughs> oh. Oh, I Wait, do that did we just all come up with time. an idea and then come up with a reason it shouldn't be an idea? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, we, we just crushed our own dreams before they happened. Just think, you could throw a suppressor grenade inside, then run the bubble on top of the other team and suppress them all at once because they stuck inside your bubble with the but, grenade. But wouldn't your own suppressor suppress your bubble? I don't know, does a, does a titan... Inside their own bubble, if they get suppressed, does the bubble go away? Oh, I'm an expert <laughs> on grenading myself. <laughs> I can tell you that while you are suppressed inside the bubble, the bubble does stay. Oh, all right. <laughs> Do you ever have questions in future podcasts about what happens when you grenade yourself? I should be your lead guest. All right. Thank God you're, thank so God we'll you're take- here, Chrono. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're taking this conversation to gloves uh, and we're going to start with Ruin Wings so Ruin Wings uh, the flavor text reads in the garden grows a tree of silver wings the leaves are ruin the bark disaster of the seeds we do not speak in year one the perk is called Seeds of Ruin heavy ammo drops more often and contains more ammo per drop in year one, the perks were Special Weapon Reloader and Impact Induction, which is uh, Melee's Reduce Your Grenade Cooldown. In year two, uh, it kept the name Seeds of Ruin, same perk, heavy ammo drops more often, it contains more ammo in each drop. Uh, in year two, they will always roll with a heavy weapon reloader, either uh, rockets or heavy machine gun, but it can roll any other stat or perk combination. Uh, and I've noted here that Ruin Wings are the only exotic gloves of any class uh, that can do this with stats. So that gives Titans the only body armor that can do that and the only gloves that can do that. Uh, the perk symbol is the two machine gun rounds, the two bullets circled by an arrow. And they look awesome. They do look Most awesome. importantly. Most importantly. They do, they do give you kind of huge shoulders. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, as for the mechanic, uh, the exact mechanic of how Ruin Wing's heavy drop perk works is still a mystery in Destiny. It's one of the few mechanics in Destiny that's never been figured out. Uh, usually people, there will people who come along in the community, there will be people who come along in the community who are just mathematical wizards and will figure out exactly like, oh, when a perk says you get more agility, they'll figure out exactly how much more agility you get. Or when they say it increases your grenade recharge, they'll, they'll tell you down to like the half second how fast your grenades are going to recharge. But right now, nobody has ever figured out uh, how the Ruin Wings perk works. But there's a lot of speculation and a lot of theories, including it, uh, around it. <clears throat> Some of them being, in a fire team, the effect of Seeds of Ruin may not be linked explicitly to the wearer of uh, Ruin Wings, but could be active for potentially any member of the fire team. So because ammo drops are unique to the player, uh, if you're in a fire team with somebody wearing Ruin Wings, you could be swimming in a sea of heavy ammo, and they could be getting none, and that is because Ruin Wings is working for you and not them. <laughs> Alternatively, the perk can be quote-unquote reset by de-equipping and then re-equipping Ruin Wings. So if you feel like they're not working for you, you know, try turning it off and on again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, science. <laughs> uh, I think in our experience, they certainly seem to be working. I th we say this all the time, like, uh, my Ruin Wings are working for someone. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'll have them on and Chrono will have an army, <laughs> infinite landscape of heavy ammunition and I'll have none. Or Knight will have them on and I'll be getting all the heavy. Is that, do other people find that too? Like, because anecdotally that totally yeah. seems to be the case. Yeah, and it, that pops up a lot when I was doing research on Ruin Wings that it seems to be the case that it's not always you, and if you're playing solo, it's not always you. But if you're in a fire team, it could carry over to somebody else. That sounds like some salty titans not getting as many heavy drops <laughs> as they'd like. Possibly. <laughs> uh, it's worth noting in the flavor text that the word garden is capitalized. Uh, the obvious reference there is the black garden, uh, but there are many properly named gardens throughout history. And I thought I had a note in here about that, but maybe I don't. Uh, in any case. Also, these gloves, the perk also affects how much ammo is in a brick when you pick it up. So if you're used to getting two rockets per brick, you will get four or more, I guess, sometimes. Depends on what other perks you currently have active. But rune rings are awesome. Like, even if you're you got a bunch of heavy ammo, and you want to use a much of it, as much of it as possible. I think we did this in Crota's End when we would farm for heavy ammo. Before you pick it up, put your Ruin Wings on, and you'll get a ton more ammo per brick. You can sort of save heavy ammo that way. So wait, if you're wearing the Ruin Wings, and your friend is getting the ammo drops, are they also going to get more ammo in that brick? No, that is only for the wearer. Only for the wearer, okay. I figured that, but... There's not, nothing more satisfying when you pick up one of those bricks and you get, like, five rockets in it. It's yep. pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, it's worth noting, I'll go to this last note first. Seeds of Ruin does stack with the perk Surplus, uh, which means that you could potentially refill your entire weapon with one heavy brick pickup. So, uh, Surplus 
especially on sniper rifles, surplus affects all ammo drops, not just special ammo if it's on a special weapon. So if you have a surplus sniper equipped, uh, picking up a heavy brick will have more ammo in it, and that does stack with Ruin Wings. As for where the names come from, these Seeds of Ruin, uh, Seeds of Ruin is a pretty common, not, I guess it's not a common term, but the phrase sowing the Seeds of Ruin is not uncommon. Uh, and part of that is somewhat linked back to, I have a quote here from the era of the Manhattan Project. Uh, President Truman at the time warned Japan, quote, if they do not accept our, tour our terms, they may expect a rain of ruin from the air, the likes of which has never been seen on this earth, uh, which is a reference to the atomic bombs that were dropped. But it seems relative potentially relative for Ruin Wings. Uh, I looked hard for this quote. Like the flavor text really seems like it was lifted from maybe something in the Bible concerning like the Garden of Eden or something like that, but I could not find anything uh, that linked these words or the way the sentence is structured or anything like that to a particular passage concerning the Garden of Eden. So if you have something off the top of your head or... If you have something in mind, or maybe if you know, like maybe if you're out there uh, and you're hearing this and you know exactly where that's from, please shoot us a message uh, on Twitter or in our Slack or send us an email. Let us know. <clears throat> then the last note I have here is that there are no real exotic sets in Destiny. Uh, we do have the ATS-8 Hunter armor, the Tarantella and the Arachnid. Uh, and you can only wear one piece of exotic armor at a time anyway. But there's a very distinct similarity between Ruin Wings and the Titan Boots, the Mark 44 stand aside. Uh, the etch work is very similar. The way the armor is plated is very similar. They, they use the same sort of design language. And then the wing shapes that can be found on the shoulders of Ruin Wings are also found on the side of the Eternal Warrior helmet, which is also a Titan exotic. The flavor text on both these items seems unconnected. We'll talk about them in the next episode. But it almost seems like Ruin Wings, Stand Asides, and Eternal Warrior are part of the same set, whether it was designed all at once and then broken up, or if it's intentional, or, I mean, we can never wear them all at the same time, so it doesn't matter. But That's part of the reason I really wish you could have, like, a vanity armor that gave you no perks... It just looked like that's what you were wearing, because I would totally wear these sets together. Like, I, I don't care if I can only use one of them for its actual perks. <laughs> I just want to look like I'm wearing all of them. Well, at least like in the <laughs> app, it'd be cool if you could equip multiple exotics just so you could see it. Yeah, yeah, it would be really cool. Though the app doesn't render holographic effects, so it would look kind of weird no. on some of them. No. Like radiant. They should have like like they should have like a little uh, a photo booth or something in the, in the in the game where you can go and put on any any armor you want. Like a, little, uh, take a, a dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, why isn't Ava Levante? She, just give her like a little dressing room where you can go in and. Yeah. Stop freaking out in your little corner and, and make a photo booth for me, Eva. Yeah. See, so you can like you can wear ruin wings and then go to the kiosk and view um, the Eternal Warrior and kind of see. It's not the best angle, though. That's true. No, but and you can't see the boots with the gloves. Right. 
This is true. Because you're either staring at your knees or you're staring at your arms. So. Plus, oh, the Eternal like Warrior creeps me out anyway. To yeah. It does. And zoom out on stuff. Yeah, the Eternal Warrior is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I really wish you could do when you're viewing anything is to zoom in out, rotate. Like. Although I found today I was looking at armor because dim wasn't work the connection to Bungie wasn't working really well for dim so i was looking at armor via bungie.net and i was on my titan but i was able to view hunter armor so my the the picture you get is your titan wearing hunter armor it's like i had big fat bones of ao on for a second and it's really weird because the the website doesn't seem to care what class you're on, it will let you view any armor on whatever model you happen to have current. That's an abomination. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever defile your Titan have to look like at that, that again. <laughs> uh, Gonna have to look at that now. It's weird. It's, there's some weird combos there. Like, if you view... What's the airplane helmet for Titans? The, the, the Prison of Elders helmet? Yeah, the Witness helm. Yeah. You can view that on a hunter who has a cloak on, so the wings stick out the side of your hood. Uh, <laughs> or same with the ram, the horns, or the, uh, what's the oh deer one? Uh, the stag? The oh, stag. the antler, yeah, yeah. the stag. They'll stick right out of the top of your cloak. Your frab just frab just cloak. Wait, can you make it stick out the top of the wolf cloak? Oh, I bet you can. Because that would look hilarious. <laughs> Oh man, where's where's my hunter? No, I'm gonna have to look at this. <laughs> I still wear rulers. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, it was funny the other day. I was testing out my because I was just playing around in the tower and I dressed in full Iron Banner gear, <laughs> and I put like the makeshift scarf on. Oh jeez. And I was like, look at me! I look like an epic knight. And then I put on the wolf cloak, and it just goes from like knight to doggy. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> this loses all seriousness. You're going to be able to hang out in, uh, at Fellwinter's Peak with all the other wolves and not going to know the difference. They're going to accept you as one of their own. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few uh, crazy like Crucible matches where I'm getting bored of doing Crucible. And so I put on the wolf cloak and like bark at people while I'm fighting them. <laughs> We're going to find you Don Feral at the top of Fellwinter's Peak. <laughs> yeah. What's that, that howling? Emote. Oh, that's Sherbet Pop. It'd be hilarious to see that pop up in the kill feed. Oh, I so hope they get something like that for this, um, if they do Festival of the Lost. You get, a, like, a werewolf transformation sort of thing where they lean back and howl. Oh, that would be, a, that'd be an that. awesome emote for... Because that fits with the theme. Festival of the Lost. Ah, <laughs> oh, so I want that now. <clears throat> Alright. Well, I still wear Ruin Wings uh, from time to time. Especially on Sunbreaker, because the options aren't great. Yeah. I don't know that I've taken Matt out of my vault. I, I don't know, I've become more ingrained in the things that I wear all the time. Over, as we move forward in the game, I feel as if I am less diverse in the items that I utilize. I definitely found myself switching between Ruin Wings and Armamentarium a lot in year one. Definitely was kind of a situational thing, kind of maybe a 50-50 split. And uh, I'm wearing them less. I mean, they're still... So useful again, getting those bricks with so many man, like you're getting like four or five rockets or you know 
filling up your machine gun. Yeah, like yeah, hundred rounds in your machine it's gun. It's great, but I, I feel like I've been, you know, maybe now it's more like a you know eighty twenty split with armamentarium, just because I'd rather have the known amount of ammo, <laughs> you know, full yeah. sitting ready to go, as opposed to you know hoping that ruin wings are working for me today and not you know you or Chrono. I think the big because I run swords so often that having the extra heavy ammo, like I can always use more heavy ammo on a, with my sword. That's true. That is true. I I should do that because I'm I'm always at a lack of what to do when I'm running with a sword, and I'm like, yeah, that's a I should do that more. That's a good point. No, it's like I had this stupid. I wish Armamentarium worked on swords. I should be able to have 120 sword swipes instead of no, that'd be awesome instead of 80. And I you just you know then they get eighty one when armamentarium's on <laughs> extra uh, extra ones where they gonna be the game changer. Yeah, it's gonna block that last bullet that would have killed you. Uh, and ruin wings take shaders now, so you can wear. I mean, when I wear mine, they're pretty much jet black. But if you want blue wings, you can have your blue wings, blue and wings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we have a. Uh, ACD zero feedback fence. Uh, much like ATS eight, we'll find out the, what the ACD stands for right now. <clears throat> the active contact defense system uses Warsat hull materials to store a retaliatory charge. In year one, the perk was called Wrath Conductors. Taking damage from a melee attack deals damage in an area around you. Uh, it always rolled with rain blows, which is the increased melee attack speed, and a unique perk called Brawler's Charge that replenished super energy when you kill an enemy with a melee. Uh, this perk is only found on the year one version of these gloves, and it was super potent. This is arguably the more exotic perk. Uh, you got about an 80% bonus to your super energy when you got melee kills with the feedback fence on. In year two, uh, the perk is still called Wrath Conductors. It deals, taking damage from an enemy melee attack deals damage in an area around you. In year two, you can no longer get Brawler's Charge, uh, but the fence will always roll with strength and rain blows. The perk symbol is the Warmind symbol, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, ACD, Active Contact Defense System, although I think a lot of people call them the ACDC Feedback Fence. <laughs> I do. Guilty. <laughs> uh, as the flavor text reads, this armor is made out of Warsat hull material, giving it its very unique diamond hexagon pattern and shape. Uh, it's a very warm mind look. On current gen only, uh, energy pulses between the armor joints. We encounter this with a lot of exotics. Uh, we talked about Kefri Sting, where the little scarab is animated. We talked about young Ahamkara's spine, where the spine joints, uh, the little vertebrae, fluctuate. And then on this particular exotic, uh, energy pulses between the joints. Yeah, it's a cool-looking piece of armor. I had them on earlier today. I have a new Sunbreaker build just for fashion. Uh, that I wear, I wear these on these and the Sunbreakers mark that we'll talk about. <clears throat> Due to its connection with Warsats and War Mines, early on in the Sleeper Simulant hunt, uh, it was theorized that the feedback fence may have contained a secret to unlocking the Sleeper Simulant. Uh, 
we talked about that. We did Sleeper on the episode, uh, on the Heavy Weapons episode. That Sleeper hunt was insane. The community was out of their minds trying to find that thing. And people thought that maybe you have to break down uh, the feedback fence to get a specific piece, or it could help you track Warsats because it was made out of Warsats. There was all kinds of crazy theories about <laughs> the feedback fence. And then everyone was sad. Then everyone was very sad that it was a time gate. <laughs> the perk symbol for Wrath Conductors has been a matter of contention among Warmind theorists, of which I am one. Full disclosure. Uh, in year one and two, the tool tip had what is generally believed to be the Rasputin symbol, which is the diamond with the little wings on the upper two parts, which is also found on Pocket Infinity. The reason that's considered the Rasputin symbol is because that is what is used to denote Rasputin entries in the Grimoire. Uh, the Year 1 menu has the same symbol, but the Year 2 version has what is believed to be the generic Warmind symbol, which is just the diamond without the wings. This leaves the Year 2 version sporting two different symbols for the same perk. So, my guess is that is an oversight on Bungie's part. <laughs> But right now, it's a matter of contention because the tooltip is Rasputin, but the actual perk symbol is uh, generic Warmind. So, who knows? Uh, maybe Rasputin's hidden inside them. Uh, due to the... So, let's talk about... So, in PvP, the feedback fence damage is capped at 73 damage, uh, but the... It also carries a stun effect for everyone who is in range. Uh, so the stun effect combined with rain blows allows for a Titan to immediately follow up with a, a high-speed punch against a stunned target. But the odds of the fence killing whoever just hit you is very low. <laughs> I was wearing these in a uh, Mayhem match a couple days ago, and I could hear them go off to make a little a beeping noise and then an electric charge. But nobody got killed by him, no matter what. So, <laughs> uh, And then due to that capped damage, the requirement and the requirement of getting physically hit, these gloves have very limited usefulness in high-end PvE, where everything will just stomp the hell out of you. Wouldn't it be hilarious if the proportion of like what you got hit by, like it kind of sent it back. So if it's like Valus Tarek stepping on you and like deals damage <laughs> of that nature back, that'd be hilarious. Uh, I wish, I wish it was that. So the math behind this perk, uh, the damage seems to decrease to 50% of the possible damage on the outside of the circle. Perk has a three second cooldown and the effect staggers enemy for a brief moment. This does work with arc burn. Uh, but it does not work with weapons of light, and it does not count as a melee kill. All the damage on the feedback fence is predefined, and it is capped, and the type of enemy does not matter. Boo. Yes. So, there's a lot of numbers that I have here, but basically the damage cap starts 10 levels under your own level, and it can never kill from 100% that which has hit you. It's capped to never be a one-hit KO. So even if you're level 40, 335 light, and a level 1 dreg punches you, the feedback fence will not kill them uh, because the damage is capped. I wonder why they have that restriction on these. Because you could just farm Thrall by standing still. 
fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm missing that. Where's that a problem? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't particularly think it is. I guess. I guess being out during Crota's end, it would have been made the first section hilarious. You just slowly yeah. walk through the stills and have everything throw itself at you and die. <laughs> but you'd look so sexy doing it. You would. What if you have multiple titans standing next to each other? And chains all the damage? Yes. It's a good question. Because if the, if the Thrall's already at one damage and then punches the other titan... Well, it's going to be st what it's stunned. But no, because that, it'll only deal... Well, I guess it might deal... The second hit might kill it. It would have to melee two people at once. You'd have to find an enemy that can melee two people at the same time. Well, if you had the perk from a Striker Titan where it deals additional melee damage around any melee kill, you could take out whole chunks of Thrall at once. That's true. You kind of can anyway. True. I like, I like this idea that it deals back a percentage of damage that's been dealt to you. Which means that uh, Thralls wouldn't do much because they'd only hit you for like 10 damage and get 5 back. But if, like, a sword captain swung at you, he'd get a ton of damage. And then, yeah, like, Valus Tauric or anybody with a heavy hit, the Archon Priest. It would be... His three titans stand around it in a circle. It would be an interesting alternative to no backup plans if you wanted to play, like, a super aggressive shotgun style like that. You know, where, you know, it's fine doing that with Thrall, but, yeah, you got a bunch of sword captains, you know, not, not so much. But it would be interesting you'd open up another possibility for playing a really close style of play you know up close aggressive which is how I normally run on my titan it's auto rifle shotgun sword <laughs> close the gap uh, in our reddit AMA Matt Miller from Game Informer once referred to feedback fence as the second sexiest piece of armor in destiny behind obsidian mind uh, for, That's why they're making a whole raid armor to look like. There you go. Uh, for the record, his list was number 10, Bones of Ao, number 9, Helm of Inmost Light, number 8, Sunbreakers, number 7, Voidfang Vestiments, number 6, Helm of Saint-14, number 5, Peregrine Grease, number 4, Nothing Manacles, number 3, Celestial Nighthawk, number 2, ACD0 Feedback Fence, and number 1, Obsidian Mind, which he cited, I'm not a flashy guy, I like things sleek and simple. How many of those were Warlock pieces? 1, 2, 3, 4. And 200 pieces, the rest were Titan. And that is feedback. I don't see feedback fence that much anymore. It was a, it was a big deal when they first got revealed. Everybody wanted to have them and wear them and test them out and see what they were good at. But you never see them much anymore. Yeah. I have a pair of them and I've used them maybe twice. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're an exotic shard waiting to happen. <laughs> Although they it, they do work on on every class, so and they look good with sunbreaker combinations. Especially, what is the the shader? I wear Hallowed on my uh, Sunbreaker, the black and orange one, so it fits right in. They also don't take shaders, so you're always going to have orange arms, no matter what, <laughs> no matter what color you're wearing. 
All right, two left. I believe two left. Two. Oh, three left. Uh huh. There's a the one that never made it into the game that I'm excited to get Knight's take on. <clears throat> uh, let's get there first. Immolation fists. Uh, don't let this sacrifice be in vain. Gear two only. The perk is Accelerant. Unlocks the Sunbreaker subclass node Explosive Pyre for free. Enemies brought down by your hammer explode, chaining fiery solar damage to other enemies. The perks in your, the other perks in your two, uh, they will never roll intellect and will always roll with rain blows, which makes sense. Uh, and the perk symbol is the Explosive Pyre perk symbol. As for the name, uh, Immolation, the most obvious reference here is deliberately causing death through the effects of combustion uh, or effects of exposure to extreme heat, uh, which has a long history as a form of capital punishment, which makes complete sense given what these things do. Uh, but there's also self-immolation, which is the act of killing oneself as a sacrifice, uh, while usage since the 1960s has typically referred to only setting oneself on fire, the term historically refers to a much wider range of options, often used as a form of protest or for the purposes of martyrdom, which lends itself to the flavor text of these gloves. So, then I got a bunch of notes here on immolation. So, get ready for fun times. <laughs> Uh, are you, are you going to try? I just saw you highlight that, sure, but are you going to try and say that word? No. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well, I'll take this then. <laughs> the Bodhisattva Medicine King chapter of the Lotus Sutra was associated with autocremation. The Lotus Sutra describes the Bodhisattva Sarva Upasa Upasam Darsana. Suvar Umpasa Darsana. Nailed okay. it. Got it. <laughs> Drinking scented oils, wrapping his body in an oil-soaked cloth, and then burning himself to death as an offer to Buddha. His body flamed for 1,200 years. Uh, when he was reincarnated, he burned off his forearms for 72,000 years, which enabled uh, many to achieve enlightenment, and his arms were miraculously restored when he did. Uh, and then I have a highlight here that Possibly one of the best metaphors for the immolation fists. Uh, you put these on and then literally enlighten a great many things. And then, so this next one comes from Neo. Troy, you're the sorry knight. Whoa, you're the you're the history major here. Uh, uh oh. Yeah. Now everybody knows who you are. Damn it. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> Neo Assyrians. <laughs> Y yes. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're your favorite, right? Yes. You always put the Neo Assyrians in a Age of Empires. Age of Empires. No, you didn't. You played the Hus the who the Hussars, the Turks. Yeah, like Turks. Turks are pretty good. They got the uh, extra range on those the, cannon ships. Yeah, you need the the yeah, galleons. Exactly. It's the most important thing in the game. Indeed. <laughs> Oh, that game is so good. <clears throat> so, Neo-Assyrians' mass executions seem to be not only designed to instill terror and to enforce obedience, but as proof of their might. For example, the Neo-Assyrian king Asher Nonspral II uh, was evidently proud enough for his bloody work that he committed to a monument uh, 
and eternal memory as follows, quote, I cut off their hands, I burned them with fire. A pile of the living men and the heads over against the city gate I set up. Men I impaled on stakes. The city I destroyed and devastated. I turned it into mounds and ruined heaps. The young men and the maidens in the fire I burned. I put this here because this first part, I cut off their hands and burned them with fire, are literal immolation fists. <laughs> like, that is about as close as you're going to get to the title of this exotic. Uh, the city I destroyed and devastated, I highlighted that because that is something that Titans actively, that's part of Titan lore all the way back to the beginning. They are the defenders. Uh, they protect the city from destruction and devastation. Uh, and then I have Ruin Heaps, just because maybe not Ruin Wings. So there you go. Uh, oh, this will be interesting. Uh, Immolation was a popular method for dealing with witches all throughout history. Uh, and looks like we're returning to that tradition, because you can use these gloves to burn witches as well. That's right. Uh, Knight and I grew up in Massachusetts, which is the home of Salem, which is famous for its dealings with witches. <laughs> They were very friendly, very friendly to the witches there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is interesting because this is a, an interesting bit of like puritanical American history. So, Sherb, I'm interested to know. So, very famously, uh, puritanical colonists and settlers in the Americas like to just burn weird people at the stake. Uh, they just called them witches and burn them alive. <laughs> yeah, the Salem witch trials. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we learned that in school. Is there anything like that in Australian history? Not that I know of. I don't think we have any witches. That's <laughs> <laughs> what uh, they want I you to think. think. I mean, we don't really have to burn people. The the sun kind of does that, oh. so uh, we're pretty we're pretty good. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think so. Um, I don't know, maybe not that I know. They also used to throw them in water to see if they floated. That's right, because if they float, then they're made of wood. As <laughs> <laughs> a duck. <laughs> Which makes him a witch. Also, if you answer a math problem correctly. It's a fair cop. Uh, so, despite rumors that Immolation Fist disabled the Sunbreaker perk Flame Seeker, uh, these gloves were an amazing choice for Sunbreakers, even after all the adjustments had been made to Hammer of Soul since its inception, and they remain a powerful piece of armor that nobody wears. Uh, so Flame Seeker gives Sunbreaker Titans uh, tracking hammers. So combined with these, you get tracking exploding hammers. Uh, but a lot of adjustments were have been made to Hammer of Soul since those early days. I'll run them down real quick, because some of these are hilarious. Uh, so in the 2.1.0 update, Hammer of Soul, they slowed down the hammer travel time by 1.32%. Uh, in Forge Master, they reduced the splash damage and the detonation radius multiplier of the hammers by 20. Uh, they turned down hammer tracking by 25% on Flame Seeker. And they removed the recovery and agility stat bonuses on Flame Seeker. So suddenly Flame Seeker was not as great as it was. Later, in patch 2.3, they increased the hammer travel speed by 1.3%, giving an overall nerf to hammer travel time 0.02%. Uh, hammer of Soul hammer detonation radius was increased by 10%. Uh, 
So, all in all, these were a great exotic for Titans. Having Flame Seeker uh, and Explosive Pyre is an amazing perk combination. And I don't know whether it's... I don't wear these anymore. I used to all the time because they are so ugly. Mm-hmm. I can't deal with it. <laughs> they are super ugly. Uh, I get it. They've got like the little flame canisters all down the arm, but they've got the big square blocky shoulder pads, and I hate them. Yeah. And they don't take shaders. They're only it's white and gold. I think only on these. They're definitely ugly. That's confirmed. But no, no, they're pretty. They're. I'll I'll throw these on if I'm running like PV as a sunbreaker. I'll just throw them on. It's always nice seeing your hammers curve at targets. And then watching them explode. <laughs> oh, well, the explo- the explosive pyre perk is so good. Uh, yeah. If you've if you're a titan, a sunbreaker titan, and then you've never done an enemies are moving against each other <laughs> with explosive pyre, just go stand in a door and throw hammers. <laughs> because you get explosive pyre and you put on the uh, the sunspot perk. Yes. And the explosions just chain infinitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It's the best part of the game. Maybe they'll make a comeback. Enemies moving against each other. Yep. Maybe they'll make a comeback in Archon's Forge. Maybe they'll be worth it there. I mean, I don't wear them now a lot because I use Armamentarium on my Sunbreaker. But maybe I'll go back to Immolation yeah. Fist. But they're just... It's hard to get over how bad they look. It's easy. I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, Garrison for a while. And then put the immolation fists on, and you're like, hey, this is better. <laughs> or maybe you're just not wearing the right butt towel with them. I'm, I'm wearing the best butt towel in the game, so we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> well, maybe not in a minute, because uh, we're going to talk about no backup plans. Uh, but as a note here, there are three pairs of gauntlets for Titans. Now, technically, there's four. Uh, each specific to a subclass. Immolation Fists are the Sunbreaker-specific Titan Gauntlets. No Backup Plans, which we're about to talk about, are the Defender-specific. And then the Striker-specific never made it into the game. And we'll talk about those at the end. So we move on to No Backup Plans. <clears throat> so No Backup Plans, no ammo, no problem. <laughs> the exotic perk in year one was Improved Disintegrate. Uh, increases the duration of Force Barrier by 5 seconds. And it always rolled with Rain Blows, which is melee attack speed, and Special Weapon Reloader. In year two, not necessarily at the start, but right in the beginning of year two, these things got a huge overhaul. The perk is now called Force Multiplier. Shotgun kills trigger Force Barrier, and Force Barrier's duration is increased. No backup plans will always roll with Strength, Rain Blows, and Shotgun Reloader. Uh, in year one, the perk symbol was a weird arc-looking symbol with lightning bolts coming out of it, which would have been more in place on a, a hunter. In year two, it's just the disintegrate icon. Uh, so, backup. In, for no backup plans, it is one word on the exotic itself. But there's other places in the game where they're also referred to as backup two words. Uh... There's some entries, I believe, in the Grimoire that have them listed that way. So there's no set design language. Um, we go by what's on the exotic, so it's one word. But if you want to use two, sure, why not? This is like the Dreadnought thing all over again. Yeah, 
Dread uh, Sunbreakers and Sunbreakers. Yeah. Uh, so in year one, the perk extended force barrier by five seconds. So if you're not a Titan, you should be. And but if you're still not, uh, force barrier is the defender specific perk that when you kill something with your disintegrate melee punch, you get an overshield. Uh, so it's like flame shield if you like running warlock, and it's like happiness if you're running a hunter because you don't have that option. But you have to kill your target with, with disintegrate. This is true. With Warlock, you just have to give him a high five and you get your shield. Cheap. Uh, so this increased force barrier from 15 seconds to 20, though it did stack with the perk Relentless, which extends the duration of force barrier, which gave you a maximum force barrier of 25 seconds. And if you had tier five strength, uh, your melee cooldown is 25 seconds. So this would allow you to have your force barrier up full time as long as you were landing a could land a kill shot every 25 seconds uh it's worth it not worth noting here because it doesn't affect titans but there is a variation on the melee cooldown for night stalkers and gunslingers at tier 5 their cooldown is 29 seconds not 25 uh in year two this was changed, uh, and now shotgun kills trigger force barrier, but only if force barrier currently has a charge. It doesn't just give it to you every time you get a shotgun kill. Uh, it has to be ready to go. So we'll talk about when that change happened and what it means for Defender Titans. So no backup plans are one of the most unique looking exotics in the game, being almost entirely holographic. Uh, thusly, they do not render correctly in the Destiny app or the Bungie Armory. So the only way to really get a good look at them is to put them on in the game. Uh, in year one, they were pretty niche, allowing the infinite force barrier roll uh, when paired with the relentless perk and tier five strength. And as long as you are getting those kill shots with your fist. Uh, in the August 13th, 2015 weekly update, Bungie gave a sneak peek at the year two no backup plans, outlying the force multiplier perk. But then they recanted the entire thing in a tweet and said it was a mistake, and that's not what was going to happen. Uh, later, they changed the weekly update to just read, we significantly extended the duration of the old perk, improved disintegrate. But then when the Taken King arrived, uh, these gloves got a new lease on life, and the originally recanted description they gave was the actual thing that we got. It drastically changed how they functioned and opened up the path for some very, very aggressive Defender Titan playstyles, uh, which has some interesting names that I was looking up on the uh, Crucible subreddit, including the Living Wall, the Shotgun Jouster, and the Fun Police, <laughs> which all make use of no backup plans. Uh Patch 2.0.1, which is Eververse, fixed an issue where no backup plans did not consistently trigger the force barrier, so it was, didn't quite work as planned in the very beginning there, and they finally got around to fixing it completely. And then patch 2.1 SRL uh, enhanced Ward of Dawn to recharge grenade and melee abilities on activation, which further allows for much more aggressive no backup plans defenders, because you can get that melee charge back uh, and those grenades back. That same patch in 2.1, and this is funny, I've never found any instance of this happening. I looked everywhere. 
fixed an issue where no backup plans would trigger force barrier for non-defender titans. <laughs> yeah, it only would trigger on the first melee kill, I think, of the match, and then it would it wouldn't trigger any longer. Interesting. No, but not the first of the match. Your first melee kill of the match, I think, it oh. would trigger it, and then it would reset itself. And I think you had to put them on after the match started. Oh, so you weird. could load in with them. So that must be the 2.0.1 that did not trigger consistently. But the idea of you could be a striker, put these on, get a shotgun kill, and then get the overshield is hilarious. It's <laughs> I could, again, I couldn't find any instance of it actually happening, but somebody must have reported it somewhere. Like, they got killed by a tit striker titan with a shotgun, and the titan had an overshield. Which would be amazing if this worked for all subclasses. <laughs> yeah, I wish it did. Then you could... <laughs> well, you could just run around shoulder charging and getting a force barrier. Oh, because it counts as a melee kill, that's right. Crazy. Yeah, that's what. That's exactly. It. Titans need Juggernaut and Shoulder Charge at the same time. Uh, <clears throat> yes. No backup plans now allows for some highly synergistic builds, especially with other exotics like Monte Carlo and more commonly Universal Remote. Uh, I think anybody who's played Destiny recently and got into the Crucible has been killed by a Universal Remote wielding Defender Titan wearing no backup plans. <laughs> uh, it is bonkers now. As long as you've got. You have the either no Monte Carlo for recharging your melee, so you can switch to your shotgun and always have your overshield ready, or just Universal Remote, which gives you the primary shotgun kill. This perk will work with Universal Remote. Are those the the great shotgun defender builds and the fun police guys? I I wish I was good enough to be able to run a build like that and wreak havoc, but unfortunately, I'm not the. <laughs> But that's a great kind of aggressive style build where you can actually be offensive with a defender, and it's the videos are fun, so much fun to watch. Even this week, uh, where we have Void Burn and Specialist, I was playing Strikes earlier in the week with my no backup plans build and just playing super aggressive, uh, getting way out in front with the Titan Bubble and then just going ham with the shotgun. And then depending on what other perks you're running... Uh, like Relentless or War Machine. War Machine gives you that almost instant reload for whatever you're using. I've seen no backup plans paired with the Fourth Horseman and War Machine because it allows you to just go bananas with uh, the Fourth Horseman, get your overshield, and you can reload it in a second because of the uh, the War Machine perk. And then you're out of ammo immediately. <laughs> and then you're yes. <laughs> then you're looking at the sky and out of ammo. But yeah, these changed a lot, and this is this is I like I love this exotic uh, on Defender is a a chance to play Defender in a way that's not necessarily you know the mobile base version of it, but the super aggressive shotgun Titan. The best defense <laughs> is my overshield. <laughs> is my striker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's I don't, I don't I. I prefer a striker titan to a defender, but every now and then I will put on the defender duties. Uh, <laughs> it, it is it is an interesting exotic. I don't really use it too much, but I've done the same thing you do PVE if you really want to get 
crazy. I do find myself running out of ammo, though. <laughs> Which is... I feel like... I think with... If you get shotguns that have six... Hold six, you can sometimes get 20... Yeah. ...ish shots, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just... These- yeah, I just... Run, at least in PV, I'm running out of ammo all the time, playing like that. These were paired up a lot, I think, also with the Chaperone. Before the Chaperone was nerfed, and the Chaperone was, like, having a sniper rifle. Uh, I saw a lot of no-backup plans and the Chaperones uh, paired up together, because their your range and ability to kill at range, especially with a headshot from the Chaperone, was just so good. Yeah, well, I think in PvP these are great. It's just... It's like you really have to go out of your way to, to kind of make them work in PvE. I mean, they're fun in strikes, obviously, but I don't know if I would be, you know, running the raid with uh, no backup plans on. No backup yeah. plans? We're not going to do the Rise of Iron story all wearing no backup plans? Yeah. <laughs> all right, last pair of gloves here, then we'll, we'll bust through the marks quickly because they're the same as the bonds and cloaks we've already covered. The last one here is the one Titan Exotic that we've talked about uh, in this batch that did not make it into the game, although they were prominently shown uh, on the Xbox Dash. Uh, the splash, the big hero image, featured three Guardians, and the Titan was wearing these. These are the Thagomizers. Uh, and the perk read, or the flavor text is don't get too close. The perk would have been called 1-2 Punch. Fist of Havoc kills recharge your melee, and melee kills recharge your Fist of Havoc. Uh, Thagomizers would not roll discipline and would always have the perk Rain Blows. I would love these. Uh, yeah, these are. this is the, the missing striker uh, exotic Thagomizers. They're enormous. Uh so the term Thagomizer was coined by Gary Larson in 1982 in a Farside comic in which a group of cavemen in a faux modern lecture hall are taught by their caveman professor that the spikes on a stegosaurus tail are named Thagomizers after the late Thag Simmons. Uh, it came after that comic was made. It became sort of common parlance and is now the official term for the distinctive arrangement of four to ten spikes on the tails of stegosaurid class dinosaurs and then sherb has the meanest comment ever here well as i said well t-rex arms and now stegosaurus gloves uh, <laughs> are, are titans dinosaurs probably have the same intelligence level Ooh, ouch Whoa. oh snap i didn't say that <laughs> i thought dinosaurs are cool does that mean in the crucible if you stand still a titan can't see you <laughs> Stay in his blind spot. They can smell fear. Yeah. Uh, the in-game model of these are enormous, uh, and they're identical to the armor worn by Primus Ta'an, the commander of the Skyburners, after he's taken by Oryx. So you can... You come across Ta'an... I think the daily heroic a few days ago was this, where he, where you had to go steal Crota's cough and smell from his sister's... Uh, He'll appear along with... He's always paired up with Bax, the Gravekeeper, the Taken Ogre. And then you fight him in Regicide as well. Do you fight him originally, though, before he's Taken? But you don't fight... You can't really fight him. I have I have played that mission. 
so Can't many times. Him. And I've killed everything around him. I've wiped that entire area clean of enemies. And he still gets taken. There's, and I put... Yeah, because I think if you get down certain damage, he'll get taken. Yeah. But... Which... And he's yeah. beastly. He is enormous. Uh, yeah. I know I stood next to him. Because when I was getting... Uh, that's one thing that Kex asked me to do was to get a picture of him for the log. Mm-hmm. So I was standing right next to him, just taking screenshots, <laughs> and he's just stomping and trying to smack me with his gun. <laughs> Man, he's he's intense. Yeah, that guy. He's huge. <laughs> and he's wearing giant spiky gauntlets. Stegosaurus shoulders. Yes. And it was never because it never made it into the game. It was never confirmed how the perk itself worked. Whether Fist of Havoc just increased the recharge or completely recharged your melee. Uh, and how much a melee kill would contribute back to Fist of Havoc. But, yeah, those are great, man. And it, I can only guess that, that that melee kills recharges Fist of Havoc probably procced on shoulder charge, which means I would have given Striker Titans an incredible way to, way to get their super up quickly. Jeez. I feel like these would be a little OP in, <laughs> like, you'd hear a lot of complaints about these. If these actually got into the game. <laughs> well, there's still a chance we'll see them. But I'm sure they'll be... They'll be right up there with the Astrocyte verse and all the missing Warlock exotics. Sad face. <laughs> it's funny with some of these, like... A lot of these missing ones, you can see, like, if these were in the game, oh man, people would hate them. Like... People would love them, but the people on the other side would hate them. Yes. So you can kind of see, like, why they're not. They still should be, but you can kind of see, like, yeah, okay, I, I can see how <laughs> it's kind of helpful not to have that in the game. They don't want to deal with that. I gotta imagine if they got this far in the design process, these were live in their testing environment, so I'm sure they've run these through their internal crucible testing and PVE testing and probably realized that it sounded like a great idea but maybe getting fist of havoc 45 seconds into a pvp match isn't, doesn't sound fun <laughs> for everyone <laughs> except for the titan doing it i'm okay with it so i run with titans uh yeah i mean we've covered a lot of perks on on a bunch of different exotics that ever made it into the game that just would have been ridiculous I think the Warlocks got the uh, hit the hardest here, but some of those perks are so good where transverse steps would automatically reload your weapon when you picked up ammo of that type. So that's a ridiculous perk. That would be awesome. Uh, and then Astrocyte Verse, which increases blink distance and cooldown for Warlocks would have been bananas, especially with all the sort of adjustments that have had to be made to blink because of the crucible and and going back and forth and how it should work and what the what it looks like and so so i think that was transverse steps right or was that the uh, the snake gloves just name i forget that's increased reload speed and weapon ready speed <clears throat> so and then we have the thags here for for Titans, poor Striker Titans. They didn't. They need something. Oh, I guess they have Peregrine Greaves, but we're not going to talk about those right now. <clears throat> All right, that takes us to Marks and the end sort of 
wrapping up in this episode. So the the three marks here, uh, we've read this flavor text. I think except for Future War Cult has different flavor text. Future War Cult for life. Get out. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mark we of the Oblivion. We need more rainbows. Uh, our salvation lies ahead. Go forth. There's nothing left to leave behind. The perk is Pathfinder, like with the other two. Increases dead orbit rep and adds a dead orbit spawn effect. And then Mark of the Executor for New Monarchy. Uh, New Monarchy is the Aegis that guards against humanity. Perk is Vanquisher, same as the other ones. Increases New Monarchy rep uh, and adds New Monarchy effect on spawn. And the last one is Mark of the Circle, which is the future War Cult one. And the flavor text is different from the other ones. Uh, and this reads, History's lords have ever painted the future in tones of fire and shadow. Uh, same perk name, though. Gladiator increases future war cult rep and adds the future war cult I wrote a rainbow in here spawn effect. Uh, I personally wear Mark of the Oblivion pretty much 24-7. Uh, because it's one of the best looking marks in the game. Which so is what I said as a note. <laughs> <laughs> I said it's the most gorgeous Titan mark. One of, at least one of. I can't say I've seen and judged all of them. But from what I've seen... It's, it's pretty it gorgeous. It is the most gorgeous of the one gorgeous mark they have. <laughs> no, they have the other one. They have the uh, Heliopause mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> at least at least out of the three faction ones, yes. Dead Orbit one's the best. I like That's crazy. <laughs> crazy talk. I like this style of mark because it's not the I look like I have a towel wrapped around my waist marks, which have become popular. Which is why I don't like the Future War Cult one of these. Because it looks stupid. And Future War Cult, you, you're so stylish, but you failed us. <laughs> like the You just don't understand. My Titan likes to show off the junk that he's carrying around. And so I need a, I need a mark that's off to the side. I mean, in all fairness, I ran the Talo mark on my Titan for a long time, which literally looks like a tea towel. I have a tea towel in my house that looks like that. Nice. So... <laughs> you know, so some of them don't look as good as others, but I really like I like the new monarchy one of these, but I like the dead orbit one. I dislike I the the triple marks. I don't like the new monarchy one or the the marks of their ilk. Really? Yes. I, I like them to get the knife in the belt. Yeah. I don't like the three sashes. It's, it's too many sashes. Too many sashes for you. <laughs> I didn't like the the mark that came from Vault of Glass for the the Titan. It, I I prefer the I, honestly I love the SRL because there's absolutely nothing there. Wow. It's like hmm, fair show enough. off. Yeah, that's, show off that slim waist of yours. That's right. <laughs> well, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting point just because this was brought up. Uh, I don't know, this came up a couple of weeks ago, just in a random conversation when somebody was talking about how often do you see male characters' butts in video games? Uh, and I was like, play a Titan. Play a Titan in Destiny and wear the SRL Racers mark and you can watch your hunky Titan's butt go wherever you want. <laughs> so. Done and done. <laughs> I, do love, I, I do love the Racers It's the same mark. with the, the, the Hunter... I was like, I'm gonna put on like the makeshift scarf or the SRL scarf just so I can see a butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
because you can't see it otherwise. I always put it on to check out uh, new armor because otherwise you can't see it because the whole back's covered by a cloak. You could have kick me across the butt of the pants you're wearing, and you'd never know. <laughs> really hurts the. It really hurts Sapphire's tips. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But like some of the new, yeah, the wolf's wood mark, which is the new iron banner mark. Uh, I just think it's so ugly. Uh, and there was a house of, not a house of wolves, a dark below mark that was similar. That was just like, it's a towel, literally a towel wrapped around your waist. So I like. But that. I, I also like. I prefer the future. I think the future war cult spawn effect is the most noticeable of the three effects that come with the. The exotic marks. That's where the rainbow comes down and a pot of gold appears and you pop out of it with a little green hat on and and yell about lucky charms. I think that's about right, yeah. <laughs> I love the dead orbit spawn in effect, the, uh, the black dust and the, the cool noise it makes. So, And then recently I've been wearing one other mark and that is the last exotic mark, which is Mark of the Sunforged. This is the exotic mark you get, I believe, with the collector's edition of the Taken King. Uh, we talked about the other two, although we missed the Warlock one originally, and then we're corrected. We covered the Night Stalker one, and this is the Titans one. Uh, <clears throat> of all the lights, we burned the brightest unknown Sunbreaker. The perk is called Sun God, and your Sunbreaker subclass upgrades 25% faster, and your level increases 10% faster. This is probably by far one of the coolest looking marks in the entire game and is so unique compared to some of the other marks and even some of the other exotics for the other two classes where this is the yellow mark that literally has the hammer of soul on the hip. Uh, it is now exotic. It's able to be infused. Uh, it's able to be... I tried glass needling this and I could not get a different stat roll on it. Mine rolled with... And because I don't know if it's the same way for everybody, mine rolled with intellect, uh, and then two options for strength and discipline. And no matter how many times I tried to re-roll it, I did not get different stats. But this is a really cool looking mark. And if you want a close-up picture of what the Hammer of Soul looks like when it's not lit on fire, this is your opportunity to catch a look. I know. This is part of my I'm going to dress up fancy sunbreaker and I, <laughs> I wear the uh, the feedback fence and this and the iron banner armor iron banner body armor and gloves with the hollow shader. Everything's awesome black and orange. When your exo titans out on the town looking to interface. That's correct. <laughs> is that how that works? I mean, maybe you should borrow that. You have the ugliest Titan, that, the ugliest Exo that's ever been created by anybody. Th thanks. Thanks for that. No problem. I, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> I, you don't, and you don't even hide it by running around with your helmet on. You make sure you everybody knows. That's right. They'll never forget that face. The face of the guy that suppressed himself <laughs> and then killed himself with a lightning grenade. <laughs> what happens to you. Hey, just out of curiosity, only because we were just kind of going back and forth with factions, have you guys found, of the people you talked to in, 
is there like one faction that is the clear winner in terms of in terms more, of just, popularity? Yeah, popularity? It's interesting. In our Slack chat, it seems pretty split. I know Gabble is like the leader of you know the future war cult devotees. Uh, I am obviously the the dead orbit devotee, uh, and I know some folks who who love the dead orbit look. But we have got some people, including uh, I believe Pygmy, Mad Pygmy, who's also part of our Speed Raid team. He's a big New Monarchy fan and wears a lot of New Monarchy stuff. It seems pretty even, evenly balanced between at least in the members of our our Slack. Mm. I, I certainly think it's between Future War Cult and Dead Orbit more than it is New Monarchy. Yeah, New Monarchy. Like there seems... are there are New Monarchy fans, but I think the majority is between Future War Cult and Dead Orbit. Interesting. No one likes the red, the red and white. Well, well I mean, my Titan's New Monarchy because I I love the look of some of the stuff on the yeah. Titan. New Monarchy but, has the best armor for a Titan with the fur collar. Yeah, the Calipolis gear armors. for Titans is yeah. so good looking. Which is also the armor. I just use the, the legendary mark, but you know. But I, uh, I just I I like the look of it, but my main is with Dead Orbit because it's the best. Yes, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> guess I'm I'm guess I'm here all by myself right. now, hanging out in, in yeah, Future War Cult. Ga- Ga- well, I mean, my warlocks with Future War Cult. I've got one with each. At some point during this show, Gabel died, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on there. He he he'd be here. Yeah, he he's got kids troubles. Oh okay. Oh, I didn't see it in, w- in the chat. I wonder if there was a, a thought process in having future war cults, EXO, Dead Orbit Awoken, and having a. I guess it's a human that's over in New Monarchy. Exactly. Yeah. Sexy gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. You know who's. I wonder if there was a lot of thought in breaking it up like that. I just found it coincidental that I did my characters based on what I think my, like, what my characters would be according to their class, like the hunter with dead orbit, the warlock with future war cult, and the titan with new monarchy. And I coincidentally made it so that the races were the, the same as well. Huh. I didn't mean to do that. Nice. I got the human, the awoken, and the, the exo. There you go. <laughs> Why not? It worked. Dead orbit all the way on all my characters, and always the black shader. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm I'm not with the dead orbit shaders. They're, they're very stylish, but I do like my color. I've all been my wearing as a blue. <laughs> One of the problems for me, I'm I'm sorry to bring this back around to, to hunters. I've been wearing the I got some good rolls on some of the aspirinet gear, and it does not go well with the black shaders, unfortunately. Uh, so I've been wearing. I'm still wearing Dead Orbit shaders, uh, but I've been wearing some of their, the ones that are more white than anything else. I've been wearing Bitter Steel a lot. But on Titan, I switch between... I wear Shimmer on my Striker, so my armor's all blue. I mean, all black oh, wow. with a little bit of blue. Then on Sunbreaker, blue. I wear wow. Hallow. <laughs> and then on Sunbreaker, I wear Hallow, which is all black with a little bit of orange. And then on Defender, I wear Old Guard, which is just all black. In fact, you you're going to say wear, um, you, what's it called? Because of the aspirate you were what's wearing, oh, Gilgamesh. <laughs> no. Yeah. You should wear whatever that SRL purple one is. Is it Krokos or something? 
Oh, it all, um, oh, that one's crazy. Shiny, shiny purple. So you have a shiny blue, a shiny orange, and a shiny purple. <laughs> I have the bright pink one too from them. I have the bright I don't pink think one from. There's SRL. no element to match that. <laughs> <laughs> love. <laughs> yes, only word in doubles for love. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. I sometimes wear Momentum Pride, uh, but only on Blade Dancer. All right, well, that wraps up uh, the part one of Titan Exotics. Well, we've got a little bit of a break. I mean, I say a break. We'll be back on our regular recording schedule, hopefully, so I'm not doing double episodes every week. So we'll do uh, Titan Exotics Part 2, which will be Helmets and Boots, next week. And that's done. That means before Rise of Iron, we'll have covered every single exotic armor and weapon, both in the game and a bunch that didn't make it into the game. So if you're... I was thinking today that... What if we edited all the exotic episodes into one super episode? And that way you could get caught up in exotics in one go. If you were flying to Hong Kong <laughs> from New York City. <laughs> uh, so yeah, join us uh, next week. We talk more Titan Exotics. Thank you so much, uh, Knight and Chrono, for joining us for this. It's been hilarious. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Super fun. Uh, You can find us uh, at dghoststories on Twitter. Uh, Our Gmail is destinyghoststories at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page, which I think is just slash dghoststories. And our Instagram, which I've been all over recently, is also dghoststories. You can pretty much find us all over the place under that name. So if you have questions, comments, concerns, fixes, like I, I read corrections all the time. That Mask of the Third Man correction from the top of the show uh, came from Daughter Judy, who is my personal fact checker now, which is great. <laughs> She's on top of every word that I say. Uh, and now I know what it feels like. Because uh, I do that to Seth. <laughs> so find us there, reach out, uh, let us know what you think, and we will... Catch you next time. We're getting close to Rise of Iron. All right. Good night, everyone. Bye. Guys? Hello? Man. I don't want to be on the stupid Titan episode anyway. You know what? If they're going to do this, I'm going to do my own show. All right, everybody, you're with X-Ray, and these are my culinary tips. This week, how to peel and devein shrimp. Peeled and devein shrimp are easy to find at the store, but they can be a good bit cheaper with the peels on. Save money by doing the work yourself. There are different ways to peel shrimp. Completely peeled, tail on, or head and tail on. Your recipe will tell you what you need. For completely peeled and deveined shrimp, gently twist and remove the head if it's still attached. Then go underneath where the legs are attached and dig your thumb under the shell to release. Next, remove the tail with a gentle tug. Then lay the shrimp down and run your paring knife along the back. Try not to cut too deep and pull out the thin gray vein. For tail on shrimp, remove the shell as you did before 
but leave the last segment attached, then devein. When recipes ask to keep both the head and tail on, just remove the shell from the middle, make a shallow cut in the back of the shrimp, and pull the vein out. Now you're ready for all kinds of shrimp dishes, and you save some cash. Thanks! That's X-Ray's Culinary Tips.